What is it with dice? Why do these small objects hold such a fascination for me? How can something as simple as a six-sided die have such a huge impact on how I think and feel? If you say Rescuers, my name's Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our lost role-playing hobby. Today I want to talk about dice. I want to talk about dice because, for me, these are probably the single greatest mood enhancer that I know. When I'm down, and that can be a pretty frequent emotional state for me, dice are a useful trick for kick-starting some positivity and getting me back to an equilibrium. This is Season 9, Episode 2... The Magic of Dice. Rescue! I want to take you inside my experience of dice. When I was pretty young, probably around six years of age, my dad started to involve me in his wargaming hobby. Two elements strongly stand out in my memory, other than obviously the parallel experience of seeing Star Wars at the movies. Dad would receive intriguing packets containing wargaming magazines in the mail and he would also periodically take me with him to the games room. It was the local wargame-focused game store in Norwich where I grew up. The packets generally contained wargames in the form of hexed, thick paper maps and cardboard panels of counters that Dad called chits. He would read the rules of each game and then set them up for play. I would get roped in initially as an observer. At the beginning I was forbidden to play, but over time... I began to be invited to command a unit, eventually graduating to becoming Dad's regular weekend opponent. Dad was away for work a lot in those days, and so as I got older, I began to break into his magical cupboard. It was kind of a strange flip-down door on it, wherein I found he stored these wondrous games, and I would steal one off to my room for deeper, private examination. I would have to be careful to return it, lest I be discovered, But it was kind of easy because most evenings after school I would be home alone for a while between, you know, end of day of school and dinner because as we got older, mum began working part-time at a store in the city and often my sister was out. Dice rose up in my consciousness as objects of fascination. Regular six-sided dice were around the house all the time. There were chess sets on display too. Dad brought back a Go set when he visited Japan for work later in the 80s, but I guess my point here is that games were around me from a very young age, and many of them had dice. Weirdly, I think the deeper fascination of dice all started with a pair of ten-siders. In 1979, Yakinto published Panzer, a tactical game of armoured combat on the Eastern Front, 1941-1945. to written, I think, by James M. Day. Dad bought this from the games room, probably early in 1980. I know it was a newly released game because I remember listening to the American shopkeeper 
or was he Canadian? Anyway, one of a pair of slightly intimidating chaps, or at least to little old me, who seemed to know everything about war games. The American, I tended to assume from the accent, had long curly voluminous hair and smiled more than the other guy. He was pretty groovily dressed and incredibly patient with customers. He even used to allow folk to open the box games and look inside. Anyway, Dad used to treat himself to a new boxed war game every now and then, and this time it was Panzer. Panzer came with two ten-siders, one red and one white, I think. I actually seem to remember that maybe the first set had 20 ciders, numbered 1 to 10 twice, and then I think it was a later expansion that had the D10s that we would typically use today, but I'm not 100% sure. I remember both the 20-siders and the 10-siders with fondness. They were large and they had the imprint of numbers on them, but I remember Dad using a crayon to colour the numbers on the white die to make the numbers stand out clearer and easier to read. That crayon stuff rubbed off quickly because we played Panzer an awful lot that year and for many years after. It was my favourite board war game. I even bought a copy of the 2012 updated version of Panzer that is now published by GMT Games and I recognise it's been reprinted so many times. I think it's a 2016 edition I have. Anyway, it's a brilliant war game and if you like small unit actions in World War II involving tanks, yeah, it's going to get you. How did the dice get my attention? Well, they were weird. I mean, they were also rolled together to give a range of numbers from 1 to 100 and used to look up the odds of hitting a target on a very intriguing small reference card, one for each type of vehicle in the game, as I remember, and then again to determine exactly where on the vehicle the shot struck. This was my exposure to hit location tables on vehicles, an innovation soon to be transferred to people when I discovered RuneQuest, and it was my first taste of the D100 roll. I loved that I could roll those two dice and then look up on the table to see what happened. The battles were an unfolding story, conflict between my Soviet armoured company and my dad's German forces. We played week in, week out for ages, and we were still playing a few times a year in 89 when I left home for university. Panzer was a favourite, especially when we added the supplement 88, the intense tactical level game of ground combat in Africa's western desert in World War II. Desert Rats versus Rommel was Dad's favourite. I wasn't always so keen, but I think there was a third game set in Western Europe. I have dimmer memories of the late war Italian campaign through to the liberation of France, but the name of the game totally escapes me. The big thing was that Panzer, 88 and perhaps the other game, were interchangeable. You could use the kit in one game to play in the other, and I learned to play in extended campaigns with resupply and replacements, and I even began to win a bit around about 1985. Anyway, dice. I have a deep emotional connection with dice. Ideally, there is more than one die in my hand when I play too. The biggest reason I dislike playing Dungeons & Dragons is that you roll 1d20 or single dice for damage most of the time, and I think it's the added weight in my hand, the clatter and rattle as I shake the dice in my cupped palm, and the act of throwing them, that actually is key. They need to hit a flat, hard surface, the gaming table, and they need to roll freely to land in a clear, upright position. I learned terminology like a cocked die when I was very, very young. Recently, while playing online, I began to use real dice and eschew the uh, virtual tabletop. Picking up 3d6 and rattling in my hands evoked the feeling. I remember when I declared the action in a game that my dad would smile, a pretty rare thing, and then invite me to roll the bones. Glee flows through me still, just as it did when I was a child. 
And I noticed when I play online that I'm rattling the dice in my hand quite close to the microphone as it hangs down in front of me near my head and making sure all the players could hear that sound and even see me doing the, the shake in my hands on the camera. I pause dramatically, rattling the dice longer before I throw them. This is exciting to me. The moment of truth, the point of decision, the dice determining the outcome. Whew. Okay, I kind of hope you can sense my excitement as I talk through this experience, which for me is visceral. I can't bear digital dice. Computers can't do random. I learned that from the parallel hobby my dad shared with me of building our own computers and learning to program them. You can seed numbers into a sequencing and get the computer to throw those dice numbers out, but it's not truly random. Of course, I suppose you could argue that most cheap dice aren't terribly good either, filled as they often are with tiny bubbles and imperfections. Truly fair dice are sharp-edged and made from solid, hard materials. Those first ten ciders from Akinto were like that. I can't bear digital dice. Nor can I bear diceless games for long, to be honest. I have tried, but I miss the point of decision, the rattle, the clatter, the rush of possibility and uncertainty. Dice! At least two in my hand, please. There is magic in rolling dice. Some mornings I wake up and my mood is very low. Some days, especially after work, I'm exhausted and my mood tanks towards the low end of the scale. There have been weeks and weeks of my life filled with grey tiredness and low mood in which the whole of life seems empty, devoid of joy. Get up, work, home, eat, sleep. Get up, work, home, eat, sleep. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I discovered something about those days. I discovered how to cast a Dispel Depression spell on myself. I would pick up at least two dice and rattle them in my hand. Instantly, I accessed the feelings of pleasure that I associate with gaming. It literally makes me smile. Most days, I carry two or three d6 in my pocket. Sometimes, when my mood is very low, I swap them out for a pair of ten-siders. Occasionally, if I'm feeling really old school, I dig out my twenty-sided d10s. But the only times I don't carry dice are when I'm foolish enough to believe that I'm doing okay. It's easy to forget how quickly thoughts can arise and moods can change. Look, I have my hands in my pockets a lot at work. People say I look relaxed and I communicate to the students that I'm basically in charge. No one realises what's really going on. No, it's nothing too dodgy. There are dice in my pocket. When I'm stressed... I hold them in my clenched hand. The kids know I have them, of course. Well, the observant ones do. You might see me roll dice in a lesson to, say, I don't know, randomly select a student or to randomly distribute tasks to groups of students. And before the pandemic, there were always a full bag of dice on my desk and in my drawer. I even gave away seven dice sets funded by the patrons nowadays to any interested kid who asks about D&D. There is a magic in dice. When I'm in need of a shift of my mindset and mood, I will pick up a pair or a trio of dice and I will roll them. Even better, I will grab some kind of game, something that's easy to roll with, and simply allow myself the pleasure of that rattle, clatter and smile. That's the real reason I love rolling up characters. It's the reason I secrete myself away even today to play a game alone. I'm accessing the arcane blessing of the dice. 
and I rather suspect that I'm not alone. If you're enjoying this episode, please remember to subscribe to this podcast in whatever podcast app you're using. Roleplay Rescue episodes are released on a weekly schedule every Saturday morning, but being subscribed will allow you to follow along much more easily. Plus, you won't miss any of the bonuses. Anyway, thanks for listening. So to round this episode out, I just wanted to share with you an excerpt from the Dungeon Master's Diary, episode 80 which was recorded on the 13th of May 2021. It's a middle of a ramble about dice and bringing the dice behind a screen. And then there are some just interesting comments that I make. And I thought, well, rather than sort of re-record them, I would just share this. Now, please bear in mind, I was out on my morning walk at about 6am in the morning. You can hear the birds tweeting. You can hear me breathing heavily. So please bear with. But anyway, here we go. Here's my thoughts from the track. So there's a lot of GMs like to like do all the dice rolls, keep it all behind the screen, which is interesting because that would virtually never happen today, right? Um, Daniel Jones is the only GM I know who does that. Maybe there are others. He's the only one I know. And he's been encouraging me to try that out, that methodology to marry player and character perspective. Um, I've always I've been nervous about it, um, partly, I think, because I know as a player, and as was asserted in Fantasy Wargaming, a big part of playing is getting to roll the dice. So you feel a connection with the action of your character when you roll the dice. And um, yeah, I kind of relate to that. I mean, I think as a GM, or reflecting on this, I often with a high stakes moment um, where you're going to roll the dice, I see the dice roll as the moment in which the player actually and totally commits. They can declare their action and how they're gonna do their action. And okay, okay make um, whatever roll. Uh, a point when those dice are dropped, for me, I think, reflecting on it, that that is the point in which they've committed, you know, wholeheartedly. And uh, no backseas at that point, you know. I found it interesting because I think there's two things going on. I think, one, I'm connecting that physical action with, you know, the action within the game. So there's a when I roll dice, I like to feel like that's the point in which I cast the spell, that's the point in which I hit the monster, that's the point in which I pick the lock, that's the point at which I make the jump, you know, whatever. Um, but also I feel like, as a GM, that's the point in which the player's kind of committed and it's kind of, it's, the, it's on them, if you like. The responsibility is now with them and the dice. Um, the dice decide. But uh, the player's committed to that roll of the dice, and um, that's really important, I think, part of play. So I don't know how I quite marry that. There's a fundamental belief there that I seem to have underneath in fact, my gaming that I kind of feel that it's important. And if I bring all the dice behind the screen and I'm making all the rolls, you know, it's that the point at which the player makes the decision becomes the point at which they state what they're doing, really, and how they're doing it. Um, the adjudication becomes invisible. Uh, well, this is sound of a clatter of dice. But then I roll the dice. And I don't know. I know that dice are, broadly speaking, random. Okay? Um, I know that uh, if you've got fair dice, then, you know, that's a, it's an element of probability in play here. Um, but, of course, we have some superstition around dice, don't we? So I also feel like if I roll the dice and they're bad, then I did that. Particularly when I feel like if I roll the dice and it's good, I get to own that role, you know, like, yeah, 
who did it. Um, which is another interesting thing. And I, I, I've observed this in people. I don't know whether you uh, have that experience, dear listener, whoever you are. Um, but, um, you know, there's something, there's something sort of, I don't know, almost sacred about the dice roll. Um, and I'm just interested in sort of unpacking that a little bit and uh, talking about that. So I think, obviously, this is down to, like, player preferences and GM group preferences. I think if I was going to have players at the table and all the dice rolls going to be behind the screen, they're going to have to be comfortable with that. I think I'm open to experimenting, but I kind of suspect that I'm not going to feel comfortable. Um, of course, that's a you know experimental hypothesis, and it would be good to experiment, actually, to go in with a you know okay well, that's what i think it's going to happen i think i'm gonna not enjoy this because of these reasons um i think the player's not going to enjoy it because of these reasons but actually shall we go and play that and then talk about it afterwards that would probably be a good thing to do um it would certainly be the right thing to do with cognitive therapy you know cognitive uh oh cbt cognitive behavioral therapy there we go <laughs> Another episode shared, another confession made. I love dice. They are magic to me. Roleplay Rescue is sponsored by the generous support of a small but dedicated community of enthusiasts gathered together via patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thank you to all of my patrons for their patient and long-standing support. I would simply not continue without you. Thanks also to TJ Drennan for the music, Thanks to Anchor for airing and distributing the podcast to a huge range of podcatching services. And thanks to you, the listener, for lending me your ears. Anyway, I'm not going to hang around any longer. I'm Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again next time. Game on. (laughs) 